0: I was arriving at the Oxford train station and suddenly I got this uh, tweet from, you know, someone saying, oh, verified has been summoned. And uh, the messages then kept coming in, friends kept calling, um, uh, advising, but I couldn't um, pick the phones because I was too busy um, handling um, um, the how, how to manage things. But um, as it turned out... Um, um, the, 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 the military uh, command center did not really um, summon me to detain me. Um, what, what, what they were uh, on the paper doing was, um, you know, summon me to, to, to talk, to, to, have a, um, to have a talk. But if the talk doesn't go well, then perhaps the talk would last seven days. <laughs> uh, as it turns out. Uh, so, um, I, 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 what I chose to do, um, this, this, this might be a, a good idea or a bad idea, uh, history will tell. What I chose to do is that I, I chose to, uh, in my own way, interpret um, the, 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 the the declaration, the the order, the command, um, because as a lawyer, I can't simply uh, say that this is a robotic mechanism where one person says one thing and the other person has to do it. I, I have to interpret it uh, in, in a meaningful, in a constitutional way, although the constitution... My text has been um, suspended or abolished. But there are still uh, principles of the rule of law uh, in place. So, so what I did yesterday was I, I prepared a, pre- a press statement. I recorded it myself on a camera. I posted it to YouTube. And I wrote a letter this morning to the, um, to the Marine Command Center saying that um, I, I, I interpret your intention as the attempt, as in so your attempt, to try to be inclusive, to, to get people to share ideas with you. If that's your intention, I'm fully with it. But there's no need to coerce, there's no need for you know to, to, me to be present there. We have uh, technologies, we have Skype, we have um, um, uh, various ways we can do it. I, I, I would be happy to visit uh, your representatives at the London Embassy, if that's the case, of course, underlining the fact that I was also uh, on multiple occasions threatened by unknown gunmen uh, in front of my house. Uh, and, 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 and the situation got worse to the to, 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 to point that... Um, the last attack which happened about an hour before uh, the coup, uh, happened in, in broad daylight uh, when the school was uh, ending, when people were walking on the streets, when the police patrol, acor- uh, 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 according to my request uh, given the prior attacks, um, were finishing the patrol so, so they, they still carried out um, the attack so, so I said that um, given these uh, very fragile situations I, I, I feel that it, it would be in the best interest of the the command center, the uh, junta, who wants to preserve peace as well, um, to 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 decrease the likelihood of any escalations of violence against people who might um, be followed by a larger number of audience in Thailand abroad and of course the foreign media. Let's see how it goes. Uh, they accepted the letter. Uh, they're considering it. Um, uh, I hope this would be an, an opportunity for the junta itself to show, to express uh, reasonableness in the eyes of the world, but if not then um, I guess I I just told PJ that I'm coming here today as a guest, but tomorrow I could be your asylum seeker, Uh, so we will see what what happens next. But um, uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to be very brief and very quick just to give you a very brief idea about what has been happening in Thailand uh, following 2006 coup d'etat. Um, but we're going to see that, um, that, 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 that there's a string of developments here which can't really be encapsulated uh, in one or two hours. Um, I don't think there has been any books that have successfully um, said anything about it, but, but <clears throat> let me just try my best, though. If you look at the, the chart here, um, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm using a very... A generic term, progressive development and conservative developments, um, the, the 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 upper part and the lower part, and you can see that there, there have been some some shifts going on. If you see um, the blue, the blue sign um, um, uh, denoting that it involves the time when the Democrat Party uh, was in power. Of course, um, Dr. Surin Pisa, one very esteemed uh, 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 political commentator as well, is also here, and I would also of course welcome his views on this. Um, uh, I have to bear in mind with me that uh, when I speak of conservative developments, I, I don't mean conservatism in a general political terms. Um, the Democrats have, have been liberal uh, in, 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 in several areas, but I mean to, to preserve um, the, the political uh, situation more than what the other side has been trying to push forward. It is the progressive one. I'm not saying which one is better than the other. But we see that the Thai-Rak Thai Party, the Democrats, was, was there in a very significant time, around the time when the 1997 constitution uh, was promulgated. This is the era where people recognize that this is really the, the beginning of the modern-day democracy in Thailand, around 1997 when we had a new constitution. But then the, the, the constitution uh, that which was designed wasn't really uh, used by Democrats, given the time that by 2001, Thai-Rak Thai Party, the predecessor, to the predecessor of the current, uh, well, not the current, but the, the the previous uh, ruling party came into power. The red, you can see, um, they stayed for a couple of years until 2005, where we had this massive protest. The protest uh, by the PAD, which we, we will then look at, the PAD, uh, People's Alliance for Democracy, then led um, uh, led to developments that leave that led us to the 2006 military coup. We see the green here as the military, um, which. We'll come back again uh, at, the, at the ending tip. After the coup, back in 2006, we had uh, another election following the new constitution of 2007. So there's a period of 10 years between the 1997 constitution and the 2007 constitution. We had another election by the, the, the red color, by, um, by the progressive development of the um, of the Palang um, or uh, People's Power Party Again, um, um, uh, successor to the Thai uh, Thai Party. Again, the the, the 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 moment when you know the the, the the this side of the story comes into power. We had another series of protests, 2008 PAD protests, the, or the so-called yellow shirts come back. Uh, political turmoils led to um, shifts in government. Uh, Democrats came back to power. Could back. Um, uh, uh, he became he the prime minister in 2008. Although there was an election, but he was um, uh, an elected prime minister by the members of the House of Representatives because of the shift of, of, of the vote in the House. Uh, he was, it was quite unfortunate that we see in 2010 uh, the infamous uh, crackdown, or as um, a Democrat might say, a uh, handling of the, of the protesters uh, that led to um, quite uh, severe injuries uh, on both sides of the protesters and the soldiers. Then we see um, the shift of government again in 2011 back to Puatai. Thai. Now Puatai Thai is the successor to uh, People's Power Party, who's the successor to Rak Thai, and we'll see later why they have to change names or uh, simply because the courts uh, disband the parties, but uh, the, there's the same old people behind the scenes, but um, still there. Now this is the modern day, that, that the modern development days that uh, Pea Thai come, comes back in. Interestingly this time, uh, it wasn't just a protest that sprang up, there's a, very, um, there's a key development there, that is the 2013 Amnesty Bill that some of you may have heard about. The Amnesty Bill itself is, is very significant in the sense that it's almost a cumulative process of all the messy period we had here. Uh, because they, they, people were trying to figure out how to deal with um, the crackdown when Abisid was prime minister, how to deal with the corruption charges, how to deal with the coup uh, investigations that lead to seizures of of, of, of uh, properties or monies of um, certain politicians, and of course how to deal with um, the exercise, the military exercise, the use of force by the military. So the, the blue, the red, and the green uh, somehow um, debated. Um, um, and of course, I'm not saying that. It was a collusion by all sides, as um, uh, Democrats, uh, I can say, is uh, strongly opposed to the amnesty bill. I also was opposed to the amnesty bill. I advised the Deputy Prime Minister against it, although he had no control over the issue. That bill, uh, together with the powerful, successful campaign on the streets by former key Democrat Party leader, mm-hmm. led to the current, um, the, 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 the recent protests we've seen, the people's. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the PDRC coming out to, to the streets. And the latest development uh, we had seen was that um, the Lak the, uh, administration under uh, Pua um here called for a new election in 2014. Um, after she called for a new election, she was removed by the Constitutional Court. We'll talk a bit more on that. And then we saw the military coup just um, not um, so, so long time ago and, and that's that's basically just a general idea of how things uh, shift back and forth now let's look at a bit more a bit more this is just you know in within uh, basically um, you know a 15-year period but let's let's look look back a bit more um we can look back much further but for the interest of time we've seen that and, and this chart will be quite telling if you look at the charts. we've seen the period the length of the term of the office uh, starting back in 1980s. Um, we've seen how the par- um, how the party was under control, whether it was military or civilian, or whether it was independent. And more interestingly, we see how the government has to go, how, how they had to go, the reason for the term ending. And if you look very quickly through this chart, you will see that at least from 1980 to 2001, a period of two decades to 20 years, no prime minister in the history of Thailand during that period finished the term. It was either house dissolution, meaning call for a new election usually because there was a shift in political uh, game or because um, something was coming. It was either coup d'etat or resignation uh, because there was a violence um, or financial crisis. Now we move towards (coughs) after the millennium um, turns, um, in 2001 we start seeing Um, uh, the comings of Taksin Shinawatra, the brother of the the, the most recent Prime Minister, Kun Lakshinawatra, And this is quite telling as well, because if you look at the terms here, uh, his term, uh, first term of Kun Taksin Shinawatra, is the only term that actually uh, made it to the fourth year, um, uh, and and, and finished the terms and and, and called for a new election. Uh, of course, uh, I have to note also that de Lippay, the Democrat leader also uh, spent three years and three months, although he had to dissolve the House. Uh, that was after the period when we were about to change to the 1997 constitution. So, um, and if you look before 1980s, none of the prime ministers finished the terms either. Um, and you can see that this is the only time in political history in Thailand that a prime minister actually finishes term. So it's a, it's a very um, chaotic and very turmoil environment. Not just within these past five or six years, but it has been, uh, you know, something of many many decades. Um, and of course, you see the green, the military intervening here and there. Now, let's let's talk a little bit of the key uh, cornerstone back um, in 1997, the the, the people's constitution. That, uh, that, that there was a, a very inclusive process, uh, comparatively speaking. Um, it was the first time in Thai political history that all the senators were elected. Um, they were previously either semi-appointed or basically appointed. Um, because of the shifts in governments, how the government couldn't finish the four-year term, the key concept behind 1997 constitution was to strengthen the executive to make sure that the Prime Minister and, and his or her party can have the control and finish the term. That was one of the principal design of the Constitution. But at the same time, the Constitution created these independent organs to uh, ask checks and balance, uh, promotion of human rights, uh, and, uh, and, and 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 Joshua Kalancic, also a notable commentator, said this, and I quote, um, that he said that um, the 1997 Constitution guaranteed many rights freedoms, created new national institutions to motograph and strengthen political parties at the expense of the traditional unelected centers of power, the palace, the military, big businesses, the elite civil service. It also set the stage for elections in 2001 that were probably in the freest in Thailand's history. Well, people will debate on that statement, but that's just one observation uh, uh, from a notable commentator. Now, um, I'm I'm just gonna move this very quickly. Khun Chuan under and the Democrat Party uh try to uh, bring the balance to the finishing tip of, of the political era where we changed to the new constitution that I was talking about the, the design for the strong executive but introducing new checks and balance and we could see the rise of Thaksin Shinawatra a, a key political figure back in 2001 uh, he formed Thai Rak Thai Party or Thai Love Thai Party won um, you know uh, quite quite a, a strong election in 2001 uh, the key, uh, the key uh, characteristics of his uh, era was to introduce uh, uh, what many people call the populist policies or, or pro-poor policies. Of course, uh, academics will debate these terms. Um, universal healthcare, or not really free, but you know about sixty pence, as you can see, per doctor's visit. Village funds um, to set up um, um, a fund for each villages, uh, for each village where the villagers can come and borrow money. Uh, of course, economists would debate whether that's a good idea. Uh, housing for homeless, one district, one product. Um, uh, imagine in France where you have the, the cheese and wine um, uh, specifically designed uh, from each uh, of the areas in, in the country. Now, Kuntaxin tried to come up with the same idea, but you, know, you could have one fruit for this particular area in Thailand, this candy from another area. So, so he was targeting at the rural uh, population uh, and, and, and injecting a large amount of capital into the system and again another notable commentator uh, uh, Professor Duncan McCarkov at the University of Leeds said that although money undoubtedly plays a role in all Thai elections with taxin built up a huge and genuineine following, especially in the very populous northern and northeastern parts of the country now this is quite quite um, quite very significant because in those areas, the northern and northeastern eastern part, uh, traditionally before the rise of Kuntaksin, it, it was contested areas among various political parties. Uh, there, there, was no, there was no strong sense of um, uh, concentrated allegiance. Uh, whereas in the south, uh, and of course Kutserin would know this much better than I do, uh, has, has traditionally been uh, more allegiant uh, towards the Democrat Party. And, and with the farmers in the, north, the northeastern part, a uh, large population, uh, very uh, open to political developments, uh, uh, culturally speaking, Mr. Thaksin tapped into that uh, wealth of uh, political power. Now, Kun Thaksin, he was a former policeman. He, he formed uh, one of the Thailand's largest telecommunications company. Now he's in exile since 2008. We'll, we'll get to that point. Um, and most analysts will describe him as someone, as a business politician who, adopt, who adopted populist policies. Um, I'm going to move on very quickly just so we can get to the point where, we are, where, 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 where it uh, res- resonates with the current development. Um, so he's the first Prime Minister basically to finish his term to win more than half of the parliamentary seats, meaning that he doesn't really need to ask for favours from other smaller parties. People attacked him and praised him for what is usually called taxonomics, uh, um, injecting a lot of money, um, creating debt in the hopes that it would uh, st- uh, steer ahead the economy. But at the same time, uh, as Pastor Pong Pai and Chris Baker would note, um, people began to expect and to demand the same deal in others in society, enjoy the same respect, the fairer share of public goods, uh, like healthcare, education, equal benefits from citizenship, of the nation. So we can debate whether what he did was really a good thing, but he created these expectations from a lot of people in Thailand uh, when it comes to equal opportunities, at least. And, and these poor-to-poor policies led to a popular uprising of Khun and also a significant um, um, uh, uh, downturn for him, as uh, we will see later. Now, Khun again, uh, what will be remembered uh, uh, for his uh, mark uh, with the asset concealing. Concealment case back in 2001 when he came to office Basically he made According to him a mistake by transferring Certain shares, a large amount Of stocks shares uh, To one of his um, people uh, and, and, and the court Found that well although that's Technically a bad thing you can't really Do it you have to be removed from office but then The court, the constitutional court back then said Well it's an honest mistake um, He can stay in power But it comes back to haunt him, uh, it comes back to haunt him later, when that, that was painted as a tycoon, a rich tycoon, who wants to inject a lot of tax money uh, into the rural poor, but still uh, couldn't really uh, face, um, you know, honest um, and, 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 and um, a full scrutiny from the public. So as time goes by, I'm being very quick here, by the time of 2005-2006, when he was about to go on to his second term. The, society, the Thai society, especially the Bangkok elites, became very suspicious of these motives, became very um, paranoid that this could lead to a collapse in the, the, the Thai, modern Thai economy. So we, we saw at that point the rise of the People's Alliance for Democracy, as I said, PAD, this is the protesters, the Yellow Shirts began protesting um, against Thaksin's misuse of power, and the climatic moment not, wasn't an amnesty bill or any passing of law, but it was the selling of shares in Kuntuxin's, uh company, it's his family's company, Shin Corporation, the telecommunications company I told you about, to a Singaporean holding company Temasek, and um, that sparked a lot of a, a lot of anger among the Thai people that well, you came into power, you adjust the law, you benefited. Um, your, your folks uh, in, in, the, in the telecommunications company—you allowed the sales to go through much easier. You made a lot of profit, and, and woof—you know, you didn't even have to pay tax because of the technicality of selling stocks through stocks exchange mechanisms. Of course, tax lawyers say that's legitimate, but in political terms, people saw it as um, a very bad thing for good taxin, and that led to a s- series of developments that uh, the bank copy the class, fail. well, I mean, he's rich, he's successful, but that's not something that the middle class would do, uh, would they? I mean, at least they wouldn't sell the shares from one account to the other. They would have nominees uh, in, the, in the traditional ways that the traditional middle class would do. So I'm just painting this picture so you can see that there's a there's a strong sense of not just, not just basic rule versus the city, but there's a sense of uh, rural city and also the city man who wants to care for the rural who doesn't really satisfy the city people uh, either so, so that's the controversy that really led to uh, the sense, the political sense among the anti-Taxan camp The anti-red shirts camp later on that this is basically a rich guy uh, making a lot of benefits uh, from, from the people And doing things that the traditional middle class wouldn't do And that's basically what the PAD uh, stood for, uh, the yellow shirts stood for uh, but they also brought up the issue that Khun Tuxing was against monarchy uh, and, and, and that really complicated things uh, because it was a very sensitive issue and people um, started to buy into that argument that perhaps Khun Tuxing was hoping to become too powerful in, in Thai political landscape. Son Tilim um, Lim in the picture here is a very key person uh, in that period. He led the protests that led to the collapse of the government, of course, there was a coup involved, and he said, if Tuckson continues to dominate uh, the next government through proxies, the People's Alliance for Democracy would regroup and resume a major protest. Uh, But before he could do that, um, we had the coup. Now you see, now this is uh, reminiscent, uh, you know, you you stage a very large, continuous protest against um, the government. You say that, well, we are gonna come back, but then there was a coup. The coup said that, um, the, the coup indicators back then led by the military chief, said that, well, we have to do something to prevent society from clutching. We need to intervene, uh, cleanse the system, uh, reform the constitution. And, 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 and that will be reminiscent when we comes to the recent coup just a few days ago, um, when we see that tuck um, uh, his assets were seized. Um, the junta appointed uh, an army chief um, uh, as an interim prime minister, abolished the constitution, the 1997 constitution, the one that strengthened Kuntuckson through the design of strong executive, and that led to the new constitution. Um, Again, Pasuk Pong Chin, a very respected commentator, said that the army provided the force for the coup, the ruling elites provided traditional legitimation, the middle class gave support in public space. So this is basically a toppling down of the government. Uh, supported by the the rural people especially north and northeastern part and to the eyes of at least one commentator uh, you see that there were workings in play Uh, in the older days it used to be military intervening but now the, it, it, the formula seems to be a bit more complex, you, you start to see the ruling elites, the bank governors, the business elites saying that well, the selling of shares was absolutely wrong, we had to do something about it. Uh, economists would come out and say that taxing was uh, leading Thailand, so it was a very dangerous place. And of course the bank middle class bought, uh, bought the argument, uh, not to mention the monarchy uh, argument. But then, what happens after the coup? The coup designed the new constitution, the 2007 constitution, the constitution which aims to perhaps take away some power from the executives, strengthen the courts, strengthen the checks and balance, just so they can tame down, can tone down um, any future prime ministers. And they thought that perhaps um, it would um, it would pave ways for uh, um, you know a, a political side that is not really aligned to Kutaksin. But in 2007, we saw a new elections that led to um, uh, our late prime minister. He passed away, Samak Sundaravej, who was basically campaigning that I'm going to be here uh, doing things that Thaksin helped me things, uh, and I'm going to bring him back to Thai politics. Let's not forget that after the coup, Ku Thaksin was ousted. He left. Uh, he lived from there on in exile. Um, Of course, uh, that government didn't last long. P.A.D., the Yellow Shirts, came back. They claimed that this is uh, a puppet government again. uh, Kuntucksy was coming back through his proxies again. Um, uh, Famous, infamous case of uh, Kuntucksy, where he was um, removed from office by the Constitutional Court because he went on a television program cooking noodles uh, in front of the viewers, uh, although he denied receiving any payments, the Constitutional Court deemed that as um, a conflict of interest. It, it received a very widespread international uh, media. I actually wrote on this subject while I was at Harvard, and, 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 and this is probably one of the clearest signs back in 2007 that the legal ramifications, the legal development was starting to become much clearer. In the older days, when you want to remove a prime minister and change government, what you do is that you bring out tanks. But now we're starting to see some very suspicious uh, judicial process, very questionable, debatable process that led to uh, toppling down the government. So there, Sir Maxun Tarawet, who promised to carry out Taksin's plan, was gone. uh, The court removed him. Uh, Then came um, Somchai Wong Wat, also Taksin's, related to Kun Taksin. He married uh, Kun Taksin's sister and um, the PAD again came out and say this is wrong this is um, this is, um, this is uh, another puppet of Kun Now now we see that it, at the time in 2008 um, after uh, the Taksin's the, the, the successor uh, was removed by the court Kun uh, Somchai was removed um, after his, uh, after the political party was disbanded uh, following series of uh, serious protest there was a shift like I said earlier in, uh, in the presentation there was a shift in the government that led to uh, Kuna Bissett becoming prime minister now this is quite interesting because um, that wasn't an election they didn't call a new election but uh, technically I mean constitutionally speaking Kuna Bissett became a legitimate prime minister um, the, the, the shift of the votes the coalition changed and, and he gained enough votes to be, become the prime minister the, the the contention back then was from the rural people, or that developed into a movement called the Red Shirts. Now now, now I'm, I'm speaking in a very generic terms here because when we talk about the Red Shirts, or what people actually think of the pro-taxpayer or pro-government, uh, movement is not really uh, um, uh, that's not really a perfect definition. You have. Socialist move, um, uh, movements who try to benefit from these political chaos, and they call themselves red shirts. you have people who doesn't really care about Kuntaaksi, but cares deep, deeply about preventing a coup, They also call themselves red shirts. But either way, these people grouped together and said, "Well, Kunapis said, you, you became prime minister, but you should call for a new election, because it was not really legitimate for you to stay on for too long. Now, that became a very contentious uh, um, um, political battle. It led to a very serious um, uh, staging of p- protest camps in the middle of Bangkok on what uh, is probably similar to the Fifth Avenue of New York um, in varied um, uh, business centers. And it led to um, the crackdown or, the, the, or the, the dissolution of the protesters uh, under uh, the time when the government was led by Wechachiwa. Uh, educated at Oxford, uh, in Eton. Um, Now, uh, Kuna said back then, this is quite interesting, that he, he wasn't really comfortable either with the situation. He said that if I could choose my own path, I would love to get into power after elections. Unfortunately, according to him, that hasn't been the case. But I do come through a democratic constitutional system according to parliamentary rules. Now, that is true. That is true. He, he didn't rob elections. He didn't come uh, out of nowhere. There was a change of coalition. But let me stress here again that don't forget that uh, he became prime minister through the shift of coalition. That is true. But that shift of coalition only happened because of the judicial process that I explained earlier that led to the collapse of the previous two prime ministers disbanding, removing uh, from office um, so we're we starting to see the shift of political uh, structure, not just pure political, but becoming judicial. Now, the, the red shirt protest that I talked about, uh, f- um, following when Abhisit, which actually was coming into power, was quite serious. It led to uh, uh, the burning of buildings, it led to uh, fire of, of, of grenades and, 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 uh, and uh, war-grade machine guns uh, in the middle of Bangkok. And, and, and that protest led to the infamous bloody uh, dispersal of the protesters in 2010. Now, this created a complication because not only Qunabisi was involved, of course it was a crackdown, it was a dis- dispersal of the protesters, the military was actively involved, the army commanders were actively involved, the foot soldiers, of course, were instrumentals, and so do the protest leaders because there were, they, they weren't just protesters on the streets and, and the military shot at them. There were unknown gunmen or the so-called black, men in black, um, in, dressed in black, who, who, who retaliated against the, the army. And, and until today, we don't know precisely who they are. So it cr- created a complication because all, all, all sides uh, had a share of blood on their hands. And, and, and the, the United Front for Democracy Against Dictatorship, or UDD, uh, the red shirts, uh, suffered uh, significantly. Uh, we had about almost 100 dead bodies, bloody bodies, um, on, on the streets of Bangkok. It was a very um, uh, uh, horrific picture. I was at Harvard at the time, and I, I couldn't really concentrate on my studies, because looking at those pictures on, on the news, on the website, it's just remarkable. And, um, and it, it, it created this sense of embodiment of, I wouldn't want to use the term revenge, but I think there, there's a still a very deep resentment uh, among the, the, the red shirt people, mostly rural people. Uh, and you, you can look at this quote of the current leader of the red shirt today, recently released from the UNTA, Gunja Tupon Krompan, who said, It is our duty to honor those who were killed in May 2010 by bringing democracy to our country. Uh, and I hope he would, he would stick to that, uh, I mean, um, not to bring another round of violence. And, and, but, but, but the reds have been trying to keep the peace um, so far. Now, moving on very quickly, that led us to the 2011 elections. Uh, after the crackdown, Kuna decided to call for a new election. Now, this is the rising of kunying Lakshinawatra, the, the uh campaign that, again, reintroduced the populist policy. But I, but I have to stress that Kunying Lak not only basically wants to run the economy, she wants to bring the people back together. She, she promised to carry out the, the reconciliation process, um, um, resulting from the strong clash between the, the protesters, the, 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 the ruling government under Apisitwe Chachiwa, the military, um, the, the, the factions in Thai society. And that was the, the key concept of her, of her campaign, you know, to move the country forward, to bring the country back together. We saw Yingluck Shinawatra, Taksin's uh, sister, a former CEO of, of the family's company as well, the first female prime minister in Thai political history. And Kun Taksin said, this is a very remarkable quote, uh, Kun said that Yingluck is my clone. She's my sister and she can make decisions for me. She can say yes or no on my behalf. And I think Kun Taksin will come to regret this later, um, to, to build Kun Yingluck that image. That, at the time, it was, it was a working it was a working magic. Uh, because people still uh, linger to uh, to Kuntas in Chinawatra, but they couldn't accept another old face politicians like Kutsamak or Kun Somchai that we saw uh, earlier, you know, removed by the court and and and, and removed through the disbanding um, of parties by the courts. We see a fresh face, uh, someone with really no. Political secrets, um, you know, uh, and and and, and Kun Tuxin tried to sell Yingluck as well. She's going to be my my clone. She's going to make decisions in the same way that I do. Now, quickly jumping through the hoops, uh, Yingluck spent significant effort to try to talk to the military to appease all sides. And one of her attempts was to create the process whereby um, there could be an amnesty bill that wants to whitewatch what really happened, um, you know, the, the things that we've seen, the crackdown on protesters, the corruption charges, the uh, the investigations that followed, the coup data. Now, this is quite interesting because at first we couldn't come to any significant agreement how we're going to design this amnesty bill because there were so many different categories uh, involved and let me just use this chart to show you Um, you look at the political conflict that I just explained to you and you see that there are you know several different categories of people involved you see protesters, ordinary protesters who who violated a curfew, who violated the order not to come out and, and protest on the streets, they didn't really burn any buildings, they didn't really Uh, They weren't really involved in any political crimes um, except to come out and protest um, in in areas where the army said that you can't come out. But you you had the protest leaders uh, who who designed, uh, who who were the principal architects behind uh, something that led to violent consequence. You had the army who said they were doing their job. You also had the politicians who were accused and convicted of wrongdoings, um, of corruption charges. And, of course, very complicated, you have those people who were charged with less majestic law. Now, there were varieties of, of, of formula uh, proposed on how what we should do. Should we just deal with the, the ordinary protesters in the street, leave setting aside the politicians, setting aside the protest leaders? Or should we just um, do a, a middle mixing of things? Or should we just pardon almost everyone except... Uh, the, the less majestic people, a very sensitive um, uh, uh, area for Thai people. And that that basically didn't get anywhere. I was involved, as the uh, um, SPJ said. Um, I was involved as an um, advisor to the deputy speaker of the House. And, and I tried, I tried. I was there uh, bringing people from the Rukrat Party, the Thai Party, the families of those who died on the streets, uh, the army, to come to the talking table. But really, there was really no trust. Because they would thought that, um, well, I mean, if we come to a talking table, at the end the majority uh, in the room would go ahead and push for ideas that some people wouldn't accept. So, so the talk collapsed. And it led to what uh, people describe as the 4 a.m. amnesty bill, the, the 4 a.m. minister bill, meaning that it was pushed through so quickly, so abruptly, 4 a.m. in the morning, that um, that there weren't really time, so enough time for so debate. And the formula pushed through by Pura under Ying Lakshinawaja's government was to pardon, basically, almost everyone except those convicted with less Last Majesty Law. That sparked a very, very serious... Um, political protest led by the former leader of the Democrat Party, Kut Seteb Subban Now, the PDRC led by Seteb Subban former uh, Democrat uh, leader, now we see him here, uh, was very successful in political sense that it brought um, uh, a very sustained um, campaign. It created uh, uh, basically, they basically shut down several uh, junctions in Bangkok for a consistent time. It led to uh, what some people describe uh, as, um, um, and uh, let me just use the exact words of Professor Duncan McCargo again here uh, that he abandoned the parliament to orchestrate civil disobedience that borders on mob rule. His movement is strong on. While trialling personal attacks at government figures, but weak on credible proposals to address Thailand's complex political problems, but it worked. It worked for Kuntzotep. Um, You know, you, you you talked about the concept that we need to reform. We need to get the country uh, forward. Although the details of those reforms aren't really elaborated, uh, they tried. They tried to set up councils to to, to to hear things. But people were more fixed their minds. The people who joined uh, Sutebs on the street were more fixed of... This idea that this is all wrong, um, you know, Ding Nashinawatra being the successor to uh, Somchai Wongsowan and, and Samak Sundaravej and Taksin Shinawatra, were bringing the country downhill, and and it was the the, the, the actual conflicts that all sides were involved, the that led to the amnesty bill that that sparked this political uh, protest. And Suter was very adamant. He was very adamant uh, and very healthy. He carried out a six-month campaign without any rest. And, there is no win-win situation, he said. One side has to win. One side will lose. There is no compromise. We need to get rid of Taksin and reform the country. Now, now, now this is quite remarkable. It's, it's, it's 2014 when he said this, 2013. It's almost, almost um, 10 years after Kuntaksin left politics uh, and lived in exile. But still, the name still rings. The name still still, still comes back to haunt the Thai people. And I have to stress this. This is not just because people hate and love Kuntaksin so much, but because Kuntaksin himself really embodied a sense of clash in, in Thai society. Uh, it's not just rule versus city. It's, it's actually more than it. We'll, we'll get to that. And, uh, and, and the latest development that we saw... Uh, after had pushed uh, for the reform idea, uh, meaning that we're going to reform the country, we're going to have the special council, and then we'll deal with the election once the country is ready for the election. And then we saw what, 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 basically what he called for on 9 December 2013. Uh, Kuningaak Shinawatra dissolved the parliament, called for a new election on 2 February. The Democratic Party decided to boycott the election, saying that the election was a scam uh, and it would lead to further conflicts. PDRC obstructed the elections, people couldn't, uh, some districts couldn't carry out the voting process, they said that this would would lead lead us to uh, a worse place. And ultimately, the election was again nullified or annulled by the Constitutional Court, citing reasons that, well, the Constitution required um, the voting to take place on the same day throughout the kingdom, but because there were obstructions in certain areas, the votes in certain areas couldn't be carried out and therefore technically the election was now void. Again, this is, this is a judicial uh, intervention in a sense that um, the election was not uh, about 89% of the votes went through, but in certain areas, especially in the South, um, um, with the strong support for the protest movement by Seteh Desoban also from the South, um, and the South is being a very loyal base for the Democrat Party. Um, The election didn't go through in in, in certain districts, and the court said, well, that means we have to scrap the whole election. Academics still debate on the consequence, but that's basically what what it produced in in, in practicality. It didn't stop there. In 2014, again, following the nullification of the election in early 2014, on 7th of May, we saw that the Constitutional Court removed Yingluck and nine other ministers. This is very recent, and and I, I have to say that uh, we keep updating these slides um, as you know I prepare for this uh, uh, event today because it's, it's quite um, you know, a very active development. You saw that the court said election couldn't go through. The court paved ways to suggest that perhaps there could be a new election, but with Ying Lak being the interim uh, prime minister, she's no longer the fully-powered uh, uh, prime minister. She had to carry the country through so we can have a new election. But the court said, well, good luck. And some ministers had to be removed because she, uh, during her time of prime minister, she she shuffled people around. She moved um, the National Security Council, Secretary General, um, and, and the court deemed that to be unlawful uh, because the explanations wasn't clear. It could have been done to benefit her own people. And, and speaking in political terms, when you appoint... Uh, uh, high-ranking officials who advise the Prime Minister of course you're going to appoint someone you trust and you're going to uh, move someone uh, that you don't really trust um, you know, to, to, to somewhere else but but the course said that in Thai legal context that's not acceptable the Prime, Prime Minister had to cease uh, acting as Prime Minister interim Prime Minister and then we saw the next day on the 8th of May the National Anti-Corruption Commission again another set of another body of independent organs move to, to 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 seek impeachment of kun Lakshinawatra over, over the rice corruption charges so you see that um, in the background there was a very uh, consistent protest led by Kusab but that protest didn't legally le- lead to any change in government it was the the the, the, the mechanisms uh, played out by the courts by the uh, by the uh, uh, in, uh, instruments of the constitution itself That led to some, some technical downfall Of Lak Shinawatra. And Kunying Lak obediently Followed that uh, she didn't resist She, she said I've worked uh, her, um, My best as prime minister I'm very proud and I hope To stand by my people and she was gone uh, But the cabinet The rest of the cabinet remained uh, I'm going to skip the, the details With the rice scheme so we have, can, can have some more Discussions on, on them, the coup d'etat now, if you asked me, about three or four weeks ago, I would have, you know, basically rolled out the coup. I thought, I thought that the military had a very good chance of coming back as the savior of democracy without the coup. I thought that the military would play a very uh, subtle role in, 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 in brokering peace between the different sides. But for whatever reasons, uh, on... Uh, at 3 a.m. on 20th of May just very recently the army declared martial law to, many, to, many, to almost everyone's surprise taking over security control making it clear 3 a.m. that this is not a coup we're gonna return the power uh, to the people this is not the coup we just need to put the country back on track and to tell you the truth the martial law he declared although I completely disagree with the content and with the way it's working the martial law itself is prescribed by the Constitution. The Constitution actually says that the army commander can, in fact, invoke martial law. But the martial law being invoked is a 100-year-old law. It's celebrating the century-old anniversary this year. Uh, And and, and the content of the law is very archaic. It it, it doesn't really respect the principles of of democracy, the principles of the, the checks and balance. It basically brings the power under the military control. Again, of course, that that didn't last long. I thought, I thought, if you asked me three weeks ago, I thought, uh, not, not just three weeks ago, two weeks ago, less than that, I thought that the army would use this legitimate explanation that, well, I'm doing this because the martial law is prescribed in the Constitution. I'm going to uh, summon, uh, call the parties to the negotiating table and, and show to the Thai people that you can count on the military establishment without the coup I thought that was what they were trying to do I thought they would work with the Senate to come up with some form of reform um, you know some um, uh, some path- uh, pathway towards the election without any significant mentioning of the ideas of the coup but but that 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 basically um, uh, went away all of a sudden on, on, on at the meeting on 22nd of May um, I, uh, in Bangkok Um He sat there, he asked the the people, the the, 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 the Yingluck Shinawatra's camp, the government's representatives, the uh, the, uh, Democrats' representatives, the protest leaders, uh, and said, well, do you have any solution? Can you come to a compromise? The government will keep insisting we need to move forward to the election. Um, The consultative will say, no, we can't, because that would lead to, again, a vicious circle of corrupted politicians. We need to reform first. And basically, he stood up and said, well, I'm sorry, but I have to take control, have to take over. And he walked out of the room. People uh, said that at the time that uh, they, they thought he was joking, but he wasn't joking. Um, his um, uh, army people came back into the room with guns and, and people were taken. The leaders of the government, the leaders of the, of the opposition wing, the leaders of the protesters on both sides, the pro and anti-governments, were taken all at once. Uh, and it transitioned from martial law to a complete coup, a coup d'etat. And some of them are still under detained, uh, detention by, by by the coup leaders. Some of them have been released, and and, and it have to be fair, they've released not just one side of the aisle. They released um, um, several people. And the latest, the latest now, the latest development we have is that on the 26th of May, Army Chief, who staged the coup, Kunprajutjan Osha, was appointed leader of the National Council for Peace and Order. This is the centre, the, the 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 body that summoned. Uh, me to 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 see them and in in one of the press conference very recently he said that um, elections will happen when things turn to normal now I just updated my slide this morning this is the the face of, of the of the, the, the peacekeeper the National Council of Peace and Order um, I, I have to skip very quickly to, to the, the, the latest development um, just coming in this morning that um, uh, basically what um, the army said Is that they're gonna have a three steps forward for Thailand? Um, Let me just quickly. Now this is this just came out today, and they they say what the um, what what the army center what the the peace and order council will try to do is to set up three stages of of political um, uh, pathway. The current stage, the, the first stage, is the peace and order stage. It is to make sure all is under control, no violence on the streets. Everyone comes in, reports, understands the same things. And, and the current stage would be ruled by, by, by special law, by emergency law. For example, the martial law, the uh, very tightened grip under military control. And the, the, the council hopes that that will lead to the second stage, where we could have an interim constitution where we could have the reform process, because it's too messy right now. We need to keep everyone, um, you know, take everyone back to order, and then we'll have the interim constitution in reform. And after reform, then we have an election. Now, that, that just came out today. That's basically the roadmap that the council that keeps the order wants to, to, to move forward. And, 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 and again, if you ask me uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I, I would say, well, that's a bit... Problematic, you're going to face some oppositions along the way. Uh, people will say, How long will you take it to reform? Can, can you achieve any significant, meaningful reform in a period of one or two years? Reform is a very long process. And and, 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 and what type of elections are we going to see? So, if you asked me two weeks ago, I, I, I would have thought that the military would move very quickly towards the amendment of the constitution, not to abolish all completely, but to amend the constitution and, and install the mechanisms that would lead to some peace and order under the face of civilian government, for instance, they could try to adjust the Constitution to allow that um, Prime Ministers don't have to be MPs, they don't have to be elected, they could be uh, handpicked by a number of uh, politicians in in the Parliament, they could do that. They didn't have to face the hurdles of abolishing the entire Constitution and coming up with this um, quite a risky roadmap, because we don't know what's going to happen in the middle of the way before we have an election. But this really shows uh, that um, I think the progress we saw the past 15 or 16 years, when we saw a very raw staging of coup to uh, a, a mixing of things between the raw stage of physical force with the judicial and institutional involvement, is going backwards. It's, it's actually swinging backwards to the, to the days where this is actually more about physical power nobody really talks about the the legitimation process that passed and Chris Baker talked about Uh, the army actually asked the courts and the independent organs not to comment on the works of the army leaders uh, on the works of the council now this is quite surprising because I have always thought that um, the army would use the senate, use the half appointed senators to, to back up the, uh, the, the legitimization, legitim, legitimization process. But perhaps this shows that there's, there's a very rough road ahead of us here. There could be two things. First, this could be a charade, a, a very tightened grip by the army that would lead to a compromise among the elites. We could see basically the same objective with the Amnesty Bill, but this time it's not going to be done through Pua Thai pushing the bill through Uh, The floor of the house is going to be done through these uh, very, very tight grip process to bring the country back together. Uh, Or if it's not a charade, it could really show that this is a very nervous coup. This is a very um, paranoid uh, um, coup because they know that for some reasons there could be a shift change of game. And they couldn't count on the senators to keep talking. They couldn't count on the courts and the independent organs to basically... Come up with creative ways to intervene in the system. They have to create this very tightened grip situation, and that's very worrying to me because um, the risk of violence uh, um, is, is greater. And let me just uh, let me just end uh, before I go into discussions with you with this uh, very latest um, picture from this morning as well. If you look at up at the top, this is the Victory Monument, um, one of the busiest junctions in Thailand. We saw um, a few days ago some cars, traffic, and we saw people uh, protesting against the army, the, the Council for Peace and Order. The number wasn't that great, but it was greater than expected, because who would have thought that with the martial law in place, with the order not to... Uh, uh, uh assemble in public space more than five people still they were significant number given that context of people coming out and protesting against uh, the army this morning they say that we're gonna use um, uh, they're gonna use uh, a full how should I say they're gonna use a, a very Serious measure against any protesters on the streets, and what we saw this afternoon, uh, just coming in from 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 Thailand, is that the street was empty, no cars, no protesters at all. There were protesters around university areas, and although the situation looks peaceful and calm today, I don't think this is going to last too long. I think, I think, if this junction is cleared. They're going to move to a new junction. They're going to move to a new types of uh, protest demonstrations. And, and, and how will the army uh, move forward with this? I don't know. I really don't know. I thought that if they could have worked with the Senate, um, they could have preserved certain parts of the Constitution, although I completely disagree with that idea. I completely disagree with the coup and the way they tried to create this pseudo-legitimate process. Um, perhaps that was an easier way. Uh, for the military, but they didn't choose that path. They, they chose to come up with a very tight and grip uh, situation So so that's very problematic uh, because um, if you asked me three weeks ago I thought there's gonna be a lot of legal arguments to be made um, If PJ red uh, remembered my my note for this talk I said in, 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 in the note that I was going to discuss the the technicality of the rules and the law how each side will try to come up with some form of negotiations bargaining of power they're gonna say the Senate believes that this is right but the, the other side say no that's unconstitutional but now that really is gone we we don't have that kind of flow of debate what what's the uh, trick to interpret the Constitution we have this we have a very tightened grip of things and, 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 and they play a straight face that we are not going to talk about the Constitution now. We're going to talk about the peace and order now, and the Constitution comes later. So that leaves us to end very quickly um, with, the, with the final thought on, on dem- democratic process theory that I, I, I've been trying to convey all along, that um, what is happening here is to prevent Thai people from learning. If you don't allow people to suffer from their political choices then they are not going to change their minds, they're going to stick to their choices. So let's say that Kuntuckson is a bad person, like many people argue him to be. People who voted for him will still believe he's a great guy, because we don't have the time and opportunity for people to learn from the consequences. And people, you should ask me, are you going to expect the country to suffer uh, economic crisis and, 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 and flagging corruption? And I say, well, it's not a guaranteed solution to have the coup, because we don't know what's going to happen we either have Kuntukzin strengthened as a spiritual leader in, in, uh, for that isle uh, or people would now this is more serious, people would hesitate to look for new leaders because they think that they are stuck in this battle between Tuxin and, and someone else and, and the people from Tuxin's party will not be able to step out of his shadow they will have a new proxy, a new clone someone who's going to carry out the legacy of Kuntukzin because the system is designed in a way that Taksin was ousted by the coup, we couldn't really have a conclusion that Thai has to come up with a new player. And this is very problematic because and I'm going to end this with this idea, it's not really about the constitution and the law that really troubles me deeply, it's about the culture, the political culture that, that is leaving for my generations of people, uh, our generations, many in this room we're going to be stuck in this climate where the rules don't really matter anymore. We don't really need to come up with new choices because we are stuck in this uh, very long-term uh, uh, political struggle of all faces. And the old faces can only fade away when people realize that you're not as good as you advertised. But as long as we're still stuck there, that, well, if you let Kuntuckstein finish his term, the country would have been much better or much worse. We don't really know unless we actually knew and saw it happened. So the political uh, solution to this, I believe, in, in the long run, is the democratic uh, process that will lead Thailand to a place where people will learn to suffer or benefit from the consequences of their choice. But the coup d'etat we we've seen today, the abnormalities of constitution uh, uh, interpretations we've seen today, the interventions by the courts, it will weaken the process. It will it will prevent the people from learning, and I'm afraid that my generation will care less and less about these. Uh, principles and rules, they will say, well, okay, if you have the power, then perhaps we can have to listen to you for a few years, uh, if not more. I end with quite a a gloomy note, but I really hope I could hear something that perhaps would add some light to the presentation. Um, Thank you very much, and I would like to hear from all of you now.